the four corners of Southern California, this is The Hot Seat, and you're in it with me, Max Schwartz. It starts right now. Today on the phone, I have as the third candidate for Los Angeles County Sheriff to call into the hot seat, Paul Tanaka. How are you, Mr. Tanaka? Thank you very much for taking the time to call into the hot seat. Thank you, Max. I'm fine, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Fantastic. And this is a continuation of the Hot Seat Sheriff Candidate Series, and I'd like to remind everyone that I will be sticking to my election protocol. To hear it in its entirety, please listen to my election interview notes. Thank you. I have lots of questions for the candidates, not a lot of time. So without further ado, let's get started. So why are you running for Los Angeles County Sheriff? Max, I, uh, I graduated from Loyola Marymount University on a Saturday back in uh, May of 1980. And uh, a few days later on Monday morning, uh, I was in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department's uh, Academy, and I spent the next 33 years or all of my adult life serving the public in the capacity of law enforcement. I spent the last 31 years with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. I worked my way up from the uh, rank of deputy all the way to the number two position of undersheriff. I'm running for sheriff because I have a lifelong passion and commitment to making your community and every community across Los Angeles County safer. Okay, and we'll get into some of what you mentioned later, if, and especially if time allows. So the sheriff is the head of the police agency for the largest county in the country and the head of the largest jail system in the country. Why should voters trust you to hold this important, powerful post? Well, when you take a look at my track record, again, 33 years in law enforcement, I am the only candidate that has either worked in or commanded every single division of the largest sheriff's department in the country. And you're right. We have, not only do we have the, the largest, but the most operationally diverse sheriff's department in the world. We have everything from patrol out of 23 stations in all four corners of this 4,000-square-mile county serving 10 million people. We provide security services for the Metropolitan Transit Authority under contract to the tune of $70 million a year on every every line they have, uh, blue line, gold line, red line, the buses, etc. We have the largest court system with over 600 courtrooms, and the bus transportation system for prisoners is the largest. We also have, without a doubt, the largest, the most complex, and the most violent jail in America. And what would people say uh, when, when people make promises that they can come in and fix it, and yet they've never set foot in the jail, they've never worked in it, it's okay to be a police chief. It's okay to work elsewhere in the system. But if you have never worked in or around or commanded the operations of the largest, most complex, and most violent jail system in America, it would be very difficult to reform it. I have the qualifications. I have the knowledge, I have the institutional knowledge, and the track record that will show that I could step in from day one and uh, help the Los Angeles County Sheriff, guide the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, actually, back to being a credible and trustworthy uh, law enforcement agency. And so just to clarify, you're saying that people should trust you because you've worked in all parts of the jail system and you know how it works from the inside. I think you have to take a look at my track record, Max. It's not just because I've worked there. But um, all throughout my career, everywhere that I've worked, I've, I've got a, a, a proven record of, of providing sensible solutions to uh, doing things better, doing them in the right way, 
making communities safer. And I'm talking about the, the jail as, as a community also, in addition to the 42 contract cities that we have and the 120 unincorporated communities that we're responsible for patrolling. It's, it's not just about the experience of having done it, but having done it uh, in the right way and successfully during the course of my 33 years. And you said we have the most violent jails. What do, what do you mean by the most violent? We have, when I worked in the county jail in, in 1982, it was exactly as it was designed to be. It was a jail, a county jail facility. We housed uh, everything from low-level offenders, drunk drivers, people who were uh, nonviolent, uh, habitual drug users, and, and uh, maybe small-time uh, thieves. But it has now become a, uh, a place, thanks to realignment and uh, um, thanks to uh, tougher sentencing guidelines, it, it has become a place now where it houses some of the most violent criminal gang members. And there are many more murderers and people suspected of murderers or attempt murder and uh, other violent-type crimes that are housed in the county jail today than ever before. And it's a very, very dangerous place for anyone to be in, uh, not to mention work in. I thought when you're talking about violence, I thought you could have also been speaking about the deputy violence. And you talk about your track record, and I'm looking in front of me at a lawsuit that the ACLU filed on January 18, 2012, against Sheriff Baca, yourself, and Chief Dennis Burns. Why should people trust you to hold this office, and why should people elect you if you're named in a federal lawsuit? Well, I think you'll find in this business that uh, most of us that have been in this business uh, uh, are are the subject of lawsuits, uh, and uh, it's it's not something that um, uh, you it will be uncommon in this business. And when you get to the higher levels, oftentimes uh, you are named personally, as is the case uh, with this. But in in so far in all the cases in which I have been personally named, I have also been uh, dismissed as a defendant prior to the um, uh, case proceeding any further. And I will say, just, just I guess, over two hours, just about two hours ago, though, I got an email from the ACLU because I wanted to follow up on this lawsuit, and they did say that they are in, that the ACLU F Foundation of Southern California is in settlement talks with the county. So I don't know if you've been, it, they didn't mention anything about anyone being dismissed, just that they're in settlement talks. Um, well, there, there'll be in settlement talks with the county based on um, uh, maybe the protocols and, and policies within the jails, but it certainly is not going to be anything that's going to impact myself uh, on a personal level. Okay, and moving on now, will you run the department like it is a law enforcement agency, like it is a business, or a combination of the two? It has to be run as a combination of the two, Max, uh, because it... it First of all, um, there are no such thing as unlimited resources. And uh, while we would all like to have more police officers, deputy sheriffs, we would all like to be able to provide more services to help people who, uh, uh, who need it, the fact of the matter is uh, resources are finite. And as such, uh, you run it as a law enforcement agency in that you stick to your core mission, and that is to fight crime and make your community safer. At the same time, I'm a certified public accountant. I understand the business aspect. Uh, I ran the sheriff's budget, oversaw it personally for 11 years from 2002 to 2013. 
during which time the budget grew from $1.7 billion to $2.8 billion annually. I'm proud to say that I've always been prudent with taxpayer dollars, and during the course of that time, we never went over budget. But to answer your question, you have to treat it uh, in a manner as you described, both as a law enforcement agency to make the community safer, but as a business to ensure that you are responsible with taxpayer dollars. Okay, and will you manage the department like it is a lo- like the law enforcement officer who holds the highest rank in the agency, or will you manage like the manager of a business? Um, being that law enforcement is it, it has a type of uh, paramilitary uh, structure, uh, the way I would manage it is the way that I did in my command positions. Uh, uh, orders that are given must be sound. Right? They must be objective. They must be in accordance with law, and they must be followed by those to whom the orders are given. And so you have to run it in, 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 in such a way in order to ensure that there's order in the organization, thereby leading to order in the streets. At the same time, you cannot be inhuman about it. You have to be mindful that your employees are doing a job that 99.9% of this pe- on people on Earth cannot and will not do, and that is to don a uniform and go out there and um, make our communities safer in some of the toughest neighborhoods in Los Angeles County. And so you have to recognize them. You have to treat them right. You have to provide them with a positive working environment, and you have to have compassion. I think you look at it as from a business standpoint and a law enforcement standpoint. Okay. And how will you restore people's faith in the office of sheriff and the department as a whole and restore integrity to the office? First order of business is, is, is something my father taught me a long time ago when I was elected president of my high school key club. He said the success of your year in office as president will not be determined by how hard you work or by what you do but it will rather be determined by who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with good people, that will make all the difference in the world. And that's what I believe. Um, That's one of the, actually not I believe, it's the first thing that I will do, make an assessment of the current command staff, many of whom I believe uh, have been sitting around um, uh, collecting a paycheck, but not holding up their end of the bargain of being an executive who holds employees accountable. Everybody wants to be the nice guy. Everybody wants to be the uncle. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. Nobody wants to take a strong stance against problem employees. When I say nobody, I don't mean it literally. I mean a lot of folks. And those folks have to go. And we have to bring in people who are going to hold others accountable and not be afraid to do to make the tough decisions. And you were in the sheriff's department until relatively recently, so there are still people that you worked with who are there. Would you terminate those people if they don't match up to what you just said? Absolutely. I, you know, I always tell friends, friends are friends, but business is business. And um, you get paid to do a job, and you either do it well or you can't do it anymore. Okay. And moving on now, if a constituent were to ask you if you are elected, what will you do to reform and improve the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department? What would you say? I would start with um, suggesting uh, three things. Number one, take a look at my track record. In 33 years, Paul Tanaka has never had a history and, in fact, have a proven track record will show that I never condoned or tolerated the use of excessive force or misconduct by deputy sheriffs or by any other government employee. And um, 
I would not. Number two, we have to uh, modify our hiring process. The, the hiring process uh, must be uh, inflexible. Only the best of the best of what society has to offer, character and conduct. Only those people who have demonstrated lifetime of being of the highest character and conduct can be deputy sheriffs, and there can be uh, no bending or no compromising of that standard. And when you bring in the very best, you have to hold them to that highest standard throughout the course of their career on and off duty. And when you do that, you give the public confidence that not only have you hired the best, but that you have demanded that deputy sheriffs that you hired are going to perform and conduct themselves at the highest level in character and conduct at all times during the course of their employment with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. When you do that, you have people doing the job, they do it well, they do it the right way, and the public then trusts its law enforcement agency. Okay, and I have to ask because if I don't, I feel like I won't be doing my job. I'm looking at the paper, the L.A. Times, from Sunday, February the 16th, 2014, and in the last paragraph about in a story about you, it says, quote, Last year, Tanaka was pushed to step down by Baca amid allegations that Tanaka encouraged overly aggressive policing, prized loyalty over merit, and mismanaged sheriff's resources, end quote. What is your response to that? You know, the L.A. Times reporter has been someone who has uh, shown a, a predisposed notion for uh, writing stories that are not factually correct. The sheriff and I had a mutually agreeable discussion. It wasn't the most pleasant of discussions because I felt that he and I were going in different directions. He was number one. I was number two. I thought and greatly disagreed uh, in the latter years with his management and leadership philosophies. And I thought that we need to get back on track to doing what cops do for a living, fight crime, make our community safer, do things the right way. And he had lost sight of that, in my opinion. And as a result, it became clear we could no longer work together. And that is the reason why I stepped aside. He is not able to push me out, uh, even though that uh, the L.A. Times reporter would like to, uh, to, to say that. Uh, it's just simply not true. I was there. I'm the one that it involved. And I am telling you, Max, I know how I left. And I left on my terms and my terms included, I had to step down so that I could run against the former sheriff. And I couldn't run against him while I was still working. Okay. And are you willing to go on the air then and promise me and promise our listeners that there will that you will do whatever you can to reduce the use of force in the jail system and in L.A. County as a whole by deputies? I, am t I will tell you this. I have, again, 33 years. I'm also the mayor of Gardena. I've led a city from near bankruptcy to one that is financially in great uh, great health right now. Also overseeing the, uh, the increase of our police force by more than 50%, from 65 officers to 96, at the same time bringing crime down to historic lows. You don't get elected five times, and you don't survive 33 years in the business, and make it up to number two if you aren't doing things the right way. People know that when I was in charge of the disciplinary process for the Sheriff's Department, I fired more people 
in a year than other executives had uh, in the course of two or three. Because there's one thing that 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 people know about me and my reputation will bear out. If you're doing the job, you're doing it well, you're doing it the right way, I will be your biggest supporter. If you do it wrong, you're gone. Okay. And if a constituent were to ask you if you are elected, what will you do to make the county safe and improve policing specifically, what would you say? Well, I would uh, say that for all these years, especially uh, when I had command of, of, of patrol operations, uh, I have a proven track record of providing common sense solutions to making communities safer all across the county. See, I have this one core belief, and this is really the reason I'm running. I have a belief that in America, every person, no matter where you live, no matter what economic background you come from, whether you live in Malibu or Beverly Hills, whether you live in Paramount or Compton, whether you live in the San Gabriel Valley or the Antelope Valley, every person in this country has the fundamental right to go home to a neighborhood where they feel relatively safe and secure. You should be able to walk your dog in your own neighborhood, go for a job, be able to ride your bikes and your scooters in the street, and for moms and dads, their kids should be able to do that. Everybody in America has the right to live that way, and it is the job and responsibility of law enforcement to provide that environment. And that is what I've done in 33 years in law enforcement. That is what I've done as the mayor of the city of Gardena, and that is what I will continue to do as the sheriff of Los Angeles County for 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 10 million people in this. 4,000 square mile uh, county. Specifically, what is your plan, though, to increase improve policing? The first thing is, is you have to have a connection with the community. You can't have officers and deputies driving around with their windows up, looking at people and not making eye contact, not having personal interaction. People have to trust their officers. They have to have a mutual respect and and so I have always been an advocate of community policing. I was the very first captain and commanding officer of the Community-Oriented Policing Services, or COPS Bureau, for the Sheriff's Department. My biggest, uh, one, of, one of the things that I think is uh, about law enforcement is you have to have community support. If you have it, then you will be successful. If you don't have the support of the community, it will be very, very tough. Okay. And mo- moving on now, continuing along the lines of reform, do you support a Citizens Oversight Commission? Well, I think right now, um, uh, first of all, uh, uh, I support oversight because the police belong to the public, okay, to the community. I support transparency. I've always supported transparency in government. And I support accessibility, where the public has to have access to the person in charge. I have to stop that, you because you're not answering the question. Do you support... I know. I, I, I just said it. I support... Okay, but you have to let me finish. The reason... Um, uh, uh, the, the, the county just appointed an inspector general. Mm-hmm. And as such, the inspector general has said that he's recommending the termination of the contracts of the other bodies of oversight. And the reason is It's good to have oversight. It's necessary. But if you have too many competing interests all projecting to do the same thing, then that leads to a lot of confusion. The the inspector general has been appointed by the county board 
to be the overseer. And as such, is going to be given a, a, a pretty, uh, from what I understand, large staff of attorneys and, and uh, support staff to provide oversight uh, and a, a view for the public into the workings of the Sheriff's Department. I support that, and I will work very closely and cooperatively with the Inspector General. Now, if the Board of Supervisors decided that that wasn't enough or that it wasn't working and they wanted to go to a complete oversight, I don't have a problem with that at all. But I just don't think that you, you can't have too many people doing the same thing because it, it just doesn't work. It becomes a competition among themselves versus doing what they were uh, uh, hired to do. In terms of the inspector general, if you are elected sheriff, will you in, will you put into place all the changes and recommendations he suggests? I would put into pl- uh, recommendation uh, into place all of the recommendations that are a uh, sensible and b that are that are doable, both operationally and economically. But I will certainly do everything I can to work with the inspector general to ensure that the public has trust in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Okay. And continuing on now, if new scandals which started under the previous sheriff or under your tenure are uncovered after the start of your term, what will you do? Well, if there's any carryovers from the uh, current situation or current administration, it's understandable. There's going to always be a time where there's going to be a little bleed out until you're able to stop it. Uh, and then so you'll deal with I'll deal with it accordingly. But I have been in charge of units. And all the units that I've been in charge of from the time I was a sergeant, lieutenant, captain, commander, chief, assistant sheriff, and under sheriff, you've never, you will never find a scandal that occurred when I was the commanding officer. Okay. And what will you do to make sure no new scandals come out of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department? You provide your employees with some very clear and unequivocal directions. This is your job. We will provide you with the training. We will make sure that you are constantly being updated so that you, 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 you employ best practices. We'll make sure that you are engaged with the public, that you have a positive relationship, that, that, that you are an ambassador for the badge and for law enforcement and for the sheriff's department. And anything less than that, um, we'll do our best to get you on track. If we can't get you on track, then you have to find another job. Going back to previous scandals, will you terminate the or if you find out people were who were in the department knew about the scandals while Mr. Baca was in office will you take will you take action to remove those senior officials who knew about it but didn't do anything yes and no if there were some of us who who believed that the sheriff was going down the wrong path and people will tell you when you talk to them I'm the only person in the organization the only one out of 18,000 employees that would tell the sheriff he was wrong, respectfully, of course, that would tell the sheriff we're going in the wrong direction, that would tell the sheriff, no, we're not going to do this because it's the wrong thing to do. There are a lot, the, the, all the others, they were afraid. They were afraid for their job. They were afraid for their position. And so if the sheriff said jump and they knew it was wrong, they would jump. But do I hold them wholly responsible for that? Almost. Because there are some folks that wanted to and tried to do the right thing regardless and there are others that just didn't have the courage to stand up and speak up when they knew they should have. And for those individuals, they don't belong in a position of authority. 
Okay, so would you remove them just from their position, or would you remove them from the department? Well, government uh, civil service protects you in your job. Uh, however, at the, at the executive ranks, it does not pr- uh, uh, protect you from a demotion. Okay, so would you be willing to remove those people to ensure the department starts off fresh if it comes out that they were involved somehow? I was once told that wherever I go, the best people follow, and that is exactly what I intend to do, Max. If, if, if I believe that you are willing and capable of serving at the highest level in the largest sheriff's department in the world, then you're okay. If I don't believe you're either willing or capable to do all of the things that, 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 uh, that go with that job and that title, then you won't be there. Okay. And I for purposes of full disclosure, because you were in the department for so long, and especially while all these scandals were unfolding, did you know about any of the scandals that we that the media told the people about? Uh, you know, the, the things that, like, uh, some of the, uh, the, the individual uh, descriptions of, of accounts, no, you, there's no way you can't, you, you can't, I did not know of the, 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 the scope of the federal investigation. You certainly can't keep tabs on the, on the workings of 18,000 people on any given day, 24 hours a day. But what you can do is you can set the tone right from the get-go. Here are the rules, here are the policies, here are the protocols. Here's the way we expect you to behave. If you do it, you'll have a successful career. If you don't, you're going to have to find another job. And so in answer to your question, they can't know everything. You just absolutely can't, right? You don't know everything that's going on with your classroom. Your, your vice president of your, your chancellor doesn't know everything that's going on on campus with all the employees. But you do your best to know what you need to know, you try to make sure you're aware of anything that's brewing, any, any negative trends that are occurring, and you address it right away. But the best way to be successful is to set the tone and the standards high and to ensure that you hold people accountable. What were you aware of when you were under sheriff? Oh, there's all kinds of stuff that are going on every, every day. You're dealing with almost 18,000 employees. You have people out there in the streets working. Uh, there is a myriad of... of, of of uh, bad behavior that was brought to our attention, but we dealt with it. We, we dealt with it on a regular basis in a timely and uh, oftentimes unforgiving fashion. So you, know, you had misconduct in the form of a simple incompetence to people mistreating members of the public. You had cases where uh, excessive force was used. But all of these matters that you don't read about were being dealt with each and every day. Did you know about the excessive force in the jails? About the ones that I did know, uh, yes, and, and those were dealt with. The ones that were mentioned uh, in the paper, uh, we have nine jail facilities. We have the largest jail, and unless it rose to a level where we were going to consider terminating someone, the, the, the use of force matters were dealt with at the uh, commander-in-chief level. Okay. And many people have said that because Sheriff Baca kept affirming he did not know about the scandals that the Los Angeles Times was reporting, he either turned a blind eye to them or he really did not know what was going on in his own department. Even though it is very large, what will you do to make sure you know what is going on in the sheriff's department? One of the large philosophical differences between the sheriff and myself were simply this. I don't mind hearing bad news. 
I expect you to tell me when something is not going right in the organization. I expect you to tell me when we have a problem. And then I would expect to hold myself accountable to working with you, subordinate leaders, to fix the problem and ensure that it never happens again. I worked with the sheriff for a long time. It was common knowledge. He did not like bad news. He did not want to hear about when things were going wrong. And he was often guilty of, quote, of the proverbial killing the messenger. And as a result, as I mentioned earlier, other than myself, nobody would bring bad news to the sheriff. And so did he not know? It's because he chose to not know. So you'll choose to hear bad news and to know, and you'll choose to want to know what's going on within your department? I've done it for 33 years in law enforcement, and uh, in my 15 years of elected office in Gardena, I have always welcomed hearing problems because the job of the person at the top is to uh, direct and put in place policies that will ensure the best delivery of service and the best behavior by government employees. Okay. And do you believe Mr. Baca brought any good to the department? Absolutely. You know, early on uh, in, in his administration, he had a lot of energy. He was focused on, on, on the organization's policies and practices. He had a good heart and wanted to see uh, uh, the organization do well and provide services in the way that we should. It's just that in the latter years, I thought he lost focus. And I thought he became uh, more interested in, in traveling around the world and developing personal relationships than he was in beating the sheriff's department. Will you make sure that the good he, you said he brought stays within the department? Oh yes, you don't. It doesn't. It's not personal. This is business, and you don't change things uh, that are working, whether or not you uh, you know it didn't matter who uh, who it came from. It's there was a quote that says you know it's amazing how much can be done if no one cares who gets the credit. And that's very true. And this particular case, the sheriff deserves a, Lee Baca deserves a lot of credit for a lot of good that he did. Okay. And I got a few more questions before we run out of time, and they're going to be quick. Uh, I want to move on now to the federal government. And the U.S. Attorney for the Central District of California indicted 18 deputies and members of the brass, and more indictments could come. If you are elected, what you what will you do to make sure this behavior stops and the culture is changed so people know acting like these 18 did is not okay and such behavior will not be tolerated? Bad behavior in this business is never tolerated. And I have, again, if you look at my track record, and contrary to whatever uh, has been written in the newspaper, people in the organization, and even the L.A. Times, had to admit that I have a reputation as a strict, no-nonsense disciplinarian. And if you were incompetent or you willfully were not doing the things that you were supposed to do in the right way, then you were out of a job. And that is the best way to keep order in the house, Max, is if everybody knows the rules and they know what the standards are and they know that if you don't follow the rules or live up to the standards, then you're going to have to find another line of work. Okay. And I have a question now about the FBI informant who is the inmate. And the same LA Times article said it was quoted the email and your name was in the email as one of the people who had, who had to be present when he was moved. Did you know about the movement of the FBI inmate? And what will you do to find out the bottom of why he was moved? Because the Sheriff's Department and the district and the U.S. Attorney have different reasons. Yes. Well, the uh, the sheriff initially was uh, given an order for uh, the inmate to be held along with the telephone because he wanted to find out 
what was going on in a jail that he felt he was responsible for. Uh, subsequent to that, the U.S. attorney has indicated that, that uh, this was his investigation and his alone, and uh, that ultimately when he gets to the bottom of it, that he'll make his findings public. Okay. Did you know he was moved? You know, I, I have. I, this is what I'm going to tell you on this. I have been interviewed by the uh, FBI. I have testified before the grand jury. I'm comfortable with my actions, and I've been told that I'm going to be subpoenaed as a witness in the upcoming trial. Yes, so because of that, I know you cannot speak. Um, so we will halt any further questions on that. And one more question for you, and I promise this is the last one. Will you continue the department's program called Friends of the Sheriff? You know, that, that's really actually a misnomer. It was more, the organization had a long history of, of, of uh, suggesting to its employees that the best uh, form of recruitment was word of mouth within the organizations, that, that people who were in the department probably hung out with people who were good people and therefore would serve as the best referrals. And so even though the, the sheriff got wrapped with a, a Friends of Sheriff program, it was really a... Um, uh, an organizational referral program, which I don't think is bad. If if you you know if, if if you expect your law enforcement officer to conduct him or herself at a certain level uh, in behavior, you you probably would imagine that person probably hangs around similar type of individuals. And when we say, hey, we're looking to hire, you can put out an ad, and people will come. But maybe a referral program might be might be the way to go. So. I think that program was 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 wrongly cast, and and I think the sheriff got unfairly painted. Now that's not that there wasn't some problems in that with his connections, and certainly at his level, it could it could you know really look bad. But it wasn't the kind of program that it was cast to be. Well, then will you keep the referral program around if you're elected? And now there's there's no there's no special treatment that is given to people that are referred. It is just that they're referred, and the expectation is, if you're referring someone and you're say a 20 year, you could be a deputy. You didn't have to be the sheriff. You could be an entry level uh, deputy, or you could be a clerk. But the belief is, if you're in law enforcement, hopefully the kind of people you're hanging around with are the same kind of people that you uh, of character that we expect you to be. And so the referral program, I don't see a problem with. It's when you give preferential treatment to people only of the executive ranks and say we'll put them to the front of the line of hiring or we'll, we'll overlook some of their, uh, their, 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 their transgressions and their background. Under those uh, in that scenario, absolutely no. I've never condoned that, and I would not condone that as sheriff. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, and f thank you very much for joining me in the hot seat today, Mr. Tanaka. It was a pleasure. The hot seat after hours starts right now. You can email the hot seat inbox at the hot seat with Max Schwartz at gmail.com, or you can tweet me at Max Schwartz TV. You can also read and follow my blog at maxschwartztv.blogspot.com. You can subscribe to the hot seat's newsletter by clicking on the link on our page. Go to annenbergradio.org slash podcast and click on the link underneath the hot seat subscription and enter your email address. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me next time with 3rd District Board of Supervisors candidate Douglas Fay.